gonna start over. It's not even broadcast that other shit. Well, you can if you want. I'm just looking at the computer screen, seeing what's going on. I see two of me and one of Luke right now. Don't know what's going on. Don't care. I'm gonna start uh, this science shit. Science goes further than holograms at this point. Oh, I hear my voice. Does that mean anything, Joe? Sorry, we tried earlier, everybody, and then went for like 15 minutes, and it turned out. Audio's going on. All right. Broadcast that other shit. It's on. Are you ready? Check it out. It's gonna happen. One, two, check the mic. Three, four, come on. Jump up. Put your hands in the air. Touch the hand next to the person next to you. Do a jumper jack. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. It's gonna happen a little bit earlier than when I said it was gonna happen before. Here we go, here we go, in a second. All right, check it out. Now, keep rolling, figure it out, keep going. It's gonna happen. Uh-oh, I think there's a white ghost behind me. Ooh. So, I don't really have a tear duct. I have a tear duct, and every time I cry, an egg hatches from it. And what comes out of that egg when it hatches is me crying. What ha hatches out of that me crying is me crying. What hatches out of that egg is me crying until there's this whole entire egg tunnel that I live inside of. And I look through the scope of the egg tunnel, and on the other side, you see a bunch of uh, teardrops robbing shapes from a shape emporium. And then when a bunch of teardrop tattoos come out, they're like, we're at war with each other. And then two of them just are in love and they form into a pterodactyl and fly off. And that's a message of peace, because I knew our own government flew Pearl Harbor through the two towers. So let's go. I was waiting for a bus. I saw this guy in the middle of the road, and he was wearing a dolphin skin yarmulke. So I took the yellow street lines right off the road and I strangled them. And I knew I committed a crime. So I gotta run away. So I go to the nearest bathroom I could find, which was a bathroom inside of a gas station. And I look inside of the mirror and the person that was looking in the mirror last, he was gone but his reflection was still there. And the guy himself was homeless but the reflection was a doctor. So. He stuck his hands out of the mirror like a 3D style type of thing and put them inside my lungs and said, You have cancer! And the cure for cancer, they figured it out. It's CPR. So he jumps out of the mirror, turns into 20 little mini doctors, goes inside my lung, and goes, <laughs> All of them go, <laughs> Then I get revived. I don't have cancer anymore. Free to go. I'm feeling good. Cancer free. Walk out the door. You know, I know some badass people going around the country, you know, they're cool, they're dirty, they have face tattoos, they, instead of having a dog when they're spanging, they have a box of dirt that jumps up and down, it's called Dirt Box, and, uh, I'm like, they, they hop trains, I saw a mailman walking by, so I jumped inside of one of his envelopes, and 
All that was inside of the envelopes were bears and piranhas. Not not even water piranhas, those air piranhas that don't even need water. What do you do? Scary. So I go inside to, uh, to the edge of the envelope when I curl down and I wait. And it gets delivered at this 70-year-old punk rocker's house. And she was attractive. I wanted to have a one-night slam dunk with her. So, uh, we're so attracted to each other, we just snort the gills right off from each other. All three of my gills on one side, all three of the gills on the other side. I snort the gills off from her. We're done having fun. You know, she puts her hands back on. I put my legs back on. We figure it out. Then I remember, oh, yeah, I got to go to work. And I actually have a car uh, that's in a tree a few blocks away that's parked inside of the tree, and it's a thousand cereal boxes. So I got to get in that shit and get to work. I'm driving. (laughs) Everyone hates going to work, but I'm driving there, you know, during rush hour. More like slow hour. <laughs> yeah. So I try to go there and I drive to the tree, you know, the big tree that has the orb. You know, so I get inside of it and it ascends to the sky. Everything turns white. You know, then I get, I'm at my job. You know, you know my job probably by my description. I'm, I'm a bunch of bugs underneath a drugs addict skin getting scratched at. But, you know, at least I get overtime. Thing, thing that thing that sucked though is I do have a voodoo doll plastic surgeon of myself. He's like an effigy voodoo doll. He's a plastic surgeon and he does his own surgery. It sounds awesome. I get plastic surgery for free. That sounds awesome, right? (laughs) No. Because he lives in a full screen movie and when it transferred to widescreen, the black bars coming down decapitated him. I was just a floating head for a year. (laughs) What do you do then? What do you do for a job? You're just going to eat out a jack-o'-lantern for a living? <laughs> I have higher morals than that. My dad told me, try to never eat out a jack-o'-lantern for a living. Yeah, so I live by that. I also, you know, we, we, we lived in northern Maine, and they're not so bright up there. You know, the most popular show is called Food or Not Food. Like, glass, is that a food? I think it's a food. I make glass cereal. Uh... uh Purple, is that a food? Now, that ain't a food. Squash, is that a food? Now, that ain't a food. Batteries? Yeah, I think that's a food. I eat them things because my clock eats them things. And if you put the batteries in the lobster and you start eating them, I think them things is pretty good. You know, so that's how it goes. How it goes when it flows. When the noise crackers push the buttons to put their cassette tapes out. Because they love their cassette tapes. They don't like that technology type of shit. This rich girl sold me her birthday for $400. Now I age double, and she's immortal. So now I'm a Virgo and a Cancer. Space realigned itself. You know. You know, You know. I like vir- being a Virgo. Pro-Virgo, Virgo's rights. Virgo's my favorite sign. I mean, you could be a Sagittarius. Just don't do it around my kids. You know, you can be a Libra and, you know, have those baggy pants with a gun in it and, you know, speak snail. But the cancer thing growing out of my uh, tailbone had a starfish in the middle of his palm that, 
you know, beamed a bunch of lights, hired by the banks to come in to flash the lights because, you know, all bankers are epileptic. And I uh, got drug around by him and he sold the caskets to the reptile, reptilian corporation, you know, bankers, reptilians. And then I got drug around and, and I got brought to, I, I'm like, I want my Virgo birthday back. Back. Even though I was dead, I willed the cancer part through my last dying cells to get me to the birthday emporium, which was a squat lighthouse in Oakland. And I got there, and when they opened the door, I said, can I have my Virgo birthday back? And they said, fuck you, you're a white straight male. you got enough privileges. And I said, I just want my birthday back. And they said, nope. That's when politically correctness goes too far, when you can't even get your birthday back from a bunch of squatters in Oakland. Come the fuck on, what's up, knuckleheads? Who's being the real goon here? You probably wouldn't even give Cybermutt, the movie Cybermutt. It's about a machine dog, you know, all part machine, part dog, all best friend. Would you give him a chance? Who would you give a chance? Would you give any dog from Afghanistan a chance? I mean, come on. You can't be dogging me around that much. I, you know, sometimes you buy a, a bottle and you're, you're, you open it and you think you're going to drink booze, but it just is a bunch of snores. You just drink snores. Come on. Walk outside. You know, you see a bunch of snorted gods playing snorigami inside of a snortex. You think it's a snorable? Not me, man. When I went to the grocery snore, I was like, completely fuck off with it. It's like, didn't you know that the dinosaur snores were killed off by the loud music at Snorth by Snorthwest? What are you fuck thinking, knuckleheads? Stop being such phony balonies. Stop being such mukakulukas. You know, because... <laughs> You know, when you see most people, they're those fucking fucktars. They're like, hey, I'm a piece of bubblegum being wrapped up in a bubblegum factory. It's too tight. Stop. Yeah, that's you. Stop it. You know, open up your energies. Open them up. Go as far and wide as you can. Because you don't need to always be this. You can condense and hide and turn into a ball and condense all your energy and be a ball. I mean, you know, it's like taking a nap from reality. And then bust out and become eight of you. You can have one dimension here, one dimension here, and eat that sandwich. And be three dimensions on the inside if you want. Inside of your womb, inside of your inner city, where there's a city going on. You know, you can do, you can do what you want. You can give birth to your inner dad and your inner child through intercest. You just need to intercest yourself when popping out and being different realities with each other. I mean, of course you need to be different genitals to procreate. I'm sorry, dimensional sex hasn't worked it out yet. I mean, you can even have trans interdimensional genderisms, but you still can't get pregnant by it yet. And that's not my fault. That's up to God. What are we going to do? Kill God? Maybe. Take a new God in. Who's going to be the next God? Me. I'll be like, yeah, fuck it turn into a ball, become eight people. You can have a vagina, you can have a penis, you can have a... Whatever, actually, you can draw me your genitals you want. I don't care. Draw it on... Make a drawing of the genital you want to be, to have, and draw the genital that you want to go into you, 
and everybody do that. And when I find the matching things, yeah, you're able to give birth to your inner dad and inner child through intercest. If you want, do it. Map it out. Google Quest it. Check the time. And no, no. I mean, what kind of God do you want? A God where he just goes, this is the way it is. Or everybody can draw it out and say, eh, that's what I want. That's me. I'm running for God. I'm not going to run for president. I'm running for motherfucking God. Who? Okay, what other God do you think would be that chill? Tell me one. Not, not chill like the non-vernacular way. Like cool and chill are both cold and cool for some reason. I mean, like... It's like you ever go to the ocean and you're just swimming around and you notice that uh, you're drowning. Yikes. Then you meet a bunch of gang of sea monkeys uh, and they, they put you in their gang and they say, we're going to go and steal from Lord Fishnu as he's aligning his chakras. You know, we're just going to go there and take it from him. I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm laying out our couch conch and spending your splash cash. Let's see what we can do. And the guy's full of senilism, and he's senile. But we go down there. We're drinking. We're smoking seaweed. We're doing DMC. So we go down there. We talk to him. And I realize I don't want to be a part of killing Lord Fishnu quite yet. Because the lifeguards are on alert. The lifeguards of the ocean are right there. You know, they're controlling everything. The mafia, when they're going by on their boats, they have all their drugs. And they go, hey, tomorrow at 4 p.m. there's going to be a riptide. And all the lifeguards are going to be distracted. That's when we can do all beach crime. And then, you know, I used to be a lifeguard, but I was kind of puny and scrawny. And I, well, I, I didn't actually pass the CPR test. I pretended I was a lifeguard and no one took me seriously. I was like, get out of the water. I'm like, hey, that guy's not a real lifeguard. But my bigger brother was a professional lifeguard that everybody really respected. And he would go down to the pool, uh, hall, like the pool, uh, the swimming pool place and, and push around people. Because you're dealing with nature. He's like, good luck with your chlorine shocks and your pool riptides. Making fun of the little pool people. You know, and between them and the pool hall, there's a war. Two people fell in love, pool, pool, swimming pool and pool hall. And the gangs would go, you fool, you can't like both types of pool. You know, then uh, one of the people at the swimming pool place, his uh, brother was had Down syndrome and he was the lifeguard of the carpool lane. Yeah. So it's a pretty crazy world, but the the rock star of the lifeguard world are the people that work at the water park. The water park lifeguards. They go on tour from water park to water park. Typhoon Lagoon to Dune Splash. They're the coolest. Like entertainment shows them drinking smoothies and like this guy. This guy, Taylor Swimmer, he, he's drinking a smoothie right now. And the people, like, you know, they, they grew up and they're in a redneck town, like they're the lake lifeguard. And he comes home to his dad and he, he says, 
you know, I just want to be a water park lifeguard. And he's like, get a grip, son. And then he punches him and he goes, you're never going to be a water park lifeguard. Get some realistic dreams and become a brain surgeon like me or work for NASA. You're never going to be a water park lifeguard. He's sweating. He's angry. He's breaking bottles. You know, he's like, I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to move. I'm going to move all the way out to Orlando, Florida, and I'm going to work in a life as a lifeguard at the at Disney World or something. He's like, that's impossible. You know, that's the way that all is in the lifeguard world. But when you're that puny guy getting pushed around and you save some famous lifeguards from a loan shark, you're in. Get in. But that's why I didn't want to murder Lord Fishnu. Who knows what ha happened? Because I'm actually a celebrity. You might not notice me. Anybody look at me? Anybody notice me? I'm dressed up. I'm actually... I'm going to tell you who I actually am. I, I'm the Pacific Ocean. You might want, you might want my water graph. <laughs> pretty impressive you know you know I can give you any like the Hollywood star should be like when, where I'm from there's like a bunch of starfish there Pacific Ocean not to say I don't have any beef with the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> that'd be kind of cray cray that'd be kind of redonkulous that'd be kind of like what are you living inside of a word bubble of your worst nightmare on acid in a roller coaster inside of a movie called the websites.com being interpreted by a bunch of tap dancers who actually think that they're a bunch of horses because they were beaten as kids by a schizophrenic uncle who put cassette tape players inside of their head and played a bunch of ideas that they didn't believe and they brainwashed them. You know, they're just running on functions of cassette tapes for no reason because their uncle did that to them. And you know why the uncle did that to them? I'll tell you why. Because the sun fucked the moon one day. And when the sun fucked the moon and got filled with all that moon poop come and poop came on his face he looked like he was black and white face at the same time and everyone kind of went wiggity wiggity hee haw and they're like hey what's going on with that guy so the cops arrested him put him in a dog pound and they pounded the dog out of him the dog left his uterus again so you're walking around and you're petting this little diggy 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 doggy and you're like, what's going on with this dog? Well, he escaped from his human corpse. And I'll tell you why I don't support war. Because not all dogs can go to heaven. Some of the dogs have to be laid and trampled down into the deepest pits like Shadow from Homeward Bound. You know, and I don't... Reservoir Dogs. I watched that movie for two hours. No fucking dogs. Who left the dogs out? Seriously, who left the fucking dogs out of that movie? Come on. I waited two, two fucking hours to see one fucking pug. 
Even if it was in purgatory or if it was repugnant. <laughs> Yeah, that's my real dog. Right here, Luke. I can do anything to him that I do to a dog. Dot com. The roller coaster. The movie. Being reenacted by a bunch of tap dancers. Showing Luke's and I's bestiality love. Like a necro with attitude from out of space. Telling me, I don't need no braces to tell me that I'm space. Unless you want to debate it. Look at all the fucking VHS tapes and cassette tapes around here. You're in pretentious noise euphoria. Come on. You know what's better than... You know what's better than pretentious noise musicians? Uh, maybe nothing. I mean, pretentious oogles are really funny. Like when you let oogles sleep at your place and they're like... You work at a job? I had to happen. I was a tour guide. He's like, you work at a job? I was like, I'm a fucking tour guide. I'm not working for a huge corporation. You're spanging and getting money from huge corporations. But what are you talking about? Yeah, we don't do that. Okay, that's fine. Everybody does different things. So why why happen on me? I don't know know where that was going to go. It was going to go somewhere about Oogles. But... I realize that not everyone even knows what an oogle is. They're like these usually white people with face tattoos that have dogs and hop trains and get as drunk as possible everywhere they go and go and have dumb jokes like weed, weed, weed for me on a sign or fish, dead, uh, diarrhea, give money. I don't know. It's kind of what they are. And then they get beat up with by people when you go to try to get weed jobs in Northern California. <laughs> Locals only. I don't know. Anyone ever go trimming? <sighs> when I start talking about trimming, I gotta get off soon. Because <laughs> I hate when I put pizzas in the oven and they keep screaming. You know what it is? It's, it's when, you know when you see a girl... Or when you are a girl, actually, and this baseball with fangs chases you, and uh, you find out that your dad made it to go chase you, and you go run into the effigy of yourself that's made out of glass but can still move and has human qualities and thoughts, and you push it over and it shatters, and the shit from the glass, glass shit shatters everywhere, and you... Make an effigy of the shit of yourself and you fuck the effigy to fuck yourself in a shitty way. I guess I'm trying to make that a reflection like the glass that was on the ground around. I'm trying to make it a reflection and see your own shitty qualities. And it's really just pondering these things that makes you uh, be able to be a philosopher, take gender study courses. It makes you really be able to dive into the endeavors of cum dumpster diving and I guess I'll end by saying this there's only two types of people in the world there's shadows made out of blood and there's people bleeding numbers out of left eye shadows made out of blood try to ruin it for everybody can't go to the movies shadows made out of blood eat the fiction right out of the screen 
turn it into shadow blood poop, people bleed numbers out of the left eye. You know, they're cool, but they're kind of two-faced. You know, their face falls off because their calculator grew some facial hair, science. So they put their face back on, and they're double-faced. But Shadow's made out of blood. They're bragging about shit they're supposed to be doing, like, hey, at least I'm not stuck inside of a lobster's meat jacking off the reflection of myself. Shadow's made out of blood, and you're not supposed to be stuck in a lobster's meat. <laughs> you kidding? You know, but people that bleed numbers on left eye run the White House, and they live on, like, seven dimensions above the diamond. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Luke, you don't need to, you don't need to do it. Actually, I'll end on this with no music. I'll do a real bit. I'll do a real bit. Nigga, nigga, quiet down. I want to tell you something. This is how I'm going to end it, and I know I did too much shit I've said before in the past, but I was watching or seeing my shit, but I don't care. Give what? So, uh, this is my idea for the Home Alone prequel. So there's a guy. There's a guy. Shut up. There's a guy that doesn't have a face. He just has white wrappings around his face. Shut the fuck up. He came from shutthefuckup.com, the movie, the roller coaster. Luke, this is going to go on way too long if you keep interrupting. And I'm going to racially slur you more if you keep doing it, Kike. So, come on. Come on. So, uh, there's a guy without a face. He just has a bunch of white wrappings around his face. And his wife leaves him. And uh, he says, I've never lived home alone. <laughs> now I can do the things I've always wanted to do. There's seven kids outside of this house with a flashlight. And they go, oh, look, that's a haunted house. Let's go inside there. <laughs> you know, they go through the window. The first kid that opens it up and gets inside, he puts a rope around his neck and throws him out a window, and it snaps. And he goes, yes! <laughs> then he takes the next two kids. He puts them in a room. He gives one of them a gun. And then he puts a gun up to his head and says, shoot your best friend else you're dead. <laughs> you know, so he shoots his best friend while he's crying. And he puts the other kid in the bathtub and starts drowning him. And right before he's about to drown, he lets him above the water. He says, I told you I wouldn't kill you. Then he throws a taser in the bathtub and goes, gotcha! <laughs> he has a basketball full of knives. Oh, no, the train's interrupting me? He, ha he has a basketball full of knives. And he goes, slam and donk! The kid's face rips open, is bleeding, he's on the floor, he has a cup of sulfuric acid, and he goes, whoops! Kid's brain and skull melt into the carpet. Uh, then he takes the wrappings off of his face, and you see that his face just has a child's face sewn to it. Then he takes off his trench coat, and his whole body's covered in kids' faces. <laughs> yeah. Then he walks up to the next kid, and he puts his hand through the kid's chest and takes out his beating heart, and puts inside of his chest. <laughs> and then he says this. I just want to be a kid again. I don't want to pay any taxes. 
Then he goes up to the last kid that he needs. There's the little kid. He puts. He drills a hole in his neck and he puts his dick inside of it because he's horny. You know, big dick. It goes all the way up to his brain. And he starts fucking the kid until it reaches his brain and he fucks it out of his nostrils, takes the brain covered in semen out of his head and puts it inside of his head. Then he gets to become a kid again, which he wanted. And that kid is Kevin McCullough stuff from the first two Home Alone movies. <laughs> <laughs> Looks in the mirror, goes, ah. If you want to do like that, could we can end on that? Can we? <laughs> can we do one quick one-liner with a with a music? <laughs> or it's not quite a. It's not a one-liner like one one-liner, but it's a. It's not like if you go to a pet store and there's no snakes left, buy a ferret and cut its legs off. You got a furry snake. It's more like, yeah, you 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 get it. <laughs> so there's this rich guy. He brings women over from OKCupid all the time, and there's table. He has a table full of money, and he goes, "This is my table full of money. Look at my table full of money." Yeah, that's uplifting. But then uh, one time this girl came over and said, I like all your money, but I don't like that you're fat. So he got liposuction, and all that came out of him is money. Uh, then he opened up because he was a safer chase bank. Then he took off on some railroad tracks because he was a train. Gotcha! Everybody watching the internet, he was actually a boss! Fucking morons. You believed me? Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Trenton. I don't think my cat's interested. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. That was Trenton Willie and Lucas Wolver. I don't think it was a catastrophe. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Next, we have Justin Fink, who will be reading something for us. I need to adjust the mic for height. Come on up, Justin. There. Yeah, you can adjust it. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it looks good. All right. <sighs> okay. Um, I just want to thank the winter for really challenging me. Um, these past few months have been a real trial. And this is the only thing I was able to produce from it. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. It's just a couple of my thoughts. Welcome to America, a poem by Justin Fink. Welcome to America, land of the fees, where you can have a child, but you can't have a chance. 
where good people have to act like wolves just to get enough bread to feed their young. Where you only wear a suit when you're filing a lawsuit. Welcome to America, home of the statue of hypocrisy. Our president plays golf at noon, while the once fertile grounds of this countryside only receives water from the tears of Native America. Welcome to America, the land of hopes and screams, where Enron rubs elbows with Walter Cronkite in an underground lab made of immigrants' moans, trying to find a new strain of cancer to inject in our school lunches. Welcome to America, the new FDA-sponsored diet pill, converting all of your belly fat into a high-risk mortgage that your grandchildren will inherit and have to pay off by selling the organs of their well-intentioned kindergarten teacher, where Mr. Rogers is revered even though he hunts humans for sport. Welcome to America, the bitch in overalls holding a pitchfork, where a gay man has to wear sunglasses and say he's blind just because no one came to his Stevie Wonder-themed birthday. Welcome to America. A million sex-negative butterflies shoved into a gentrified cocoon where the price is right, but the police hate black people. Welcome to America, the birthplace of Lincoln's abortion, where budgets are gutted and fish are given handsome pensions. Welcome to America, the last misogynist donut in a box made of unrecyclable plastic, where vagrant sluts and trampolines can be bought in bulk at Costco, but you need a membership to get in and you lost your card while filling your tax return in a hermaphrodite's vagina named Greed. Welcome to America, the cardboard roll that tears your asshole because you ran out of toilet paper. The last exit on an interstate built out of blue collar semen, where Steamboat Willie's hemorrhaging asshole sponsors a body shaming kids show named Dora the Ex-Horror. And there's nothing you can do about it. And all your kids are watching. Welcome to America. You're fucked.
Thanks for tuning in to Merkcast Live. Thanks, Trenton. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Justin. Yes, Trenton? You got something to say? You want to come over here? Oh, yeah, that's right. We have an interview. I'll leave the mic this tall. Keep it rolling. Hello. Is this on? Oh, no, shouldn't you switch? Should we switch? Yeah. Okay. I'll do this. I don't know why he wants to. Is this even audible? If they're gone. All right. Oh, I'm talking. Talking, talking, talking. Left and right. <laughs> yeah, it was so, like, when I talked about lifeguards, that was pretty fucking controversial, right? That was. <laughs> They can't hear Luke. He came from a family lifeguard, so it's pretty controversial to him. And also, he doesn't like when I talked about having tear ducts because he said he also gives birth to eggs from his eyes. Uh So, if you want to do this, you know, yeah, man. Hey, we're here with Trenton. uh, How do you say your last name? Willie. Willie. Trenton Willie, um, a freewheeling. No holds bar comedian. Would you free agree Free Willian. Free Willian, yeah. <laughs> a free Willian, no hold bars comedian who currently resides in Los Angeles? Los Angeles, California. Now, when did you move to Los Angeles? Six years ago. Yeah, six years. <laughs> that was six years ago, huh? Yeah. Was it just on a whim and a prayer? Uh, it was a bunch of reasons. Weather was the overall biggest one. I can't stand cold weather. Uh, also, this guy, Paul Berenze, made the movie The Aristocrats. Uh, well, this is was just an enticing thing. He said I, that he was going to produce a movie where people are um, interviewed while being sober, then interviewed while being on mushrooms. And <laughs> like it's like, fuck, that guy made some big shit. Plus, you get to do psychedelics, but and never ended up happening because of producing and money and all that. Oh, that's a bummer. Does eh. Did it film at all? No. No. But it got you out there. Mostly the weather. I the always weather. knew I needed to go there. <laughs> the weather, yeah. Now, uh, I was sick of cold weather. Um, but you you had some career thoughts in mind? Yeah, when that happened, I'm like, oh, that could help some shit out. Uh, Maybe. Now, from what I understand, you've ruffled a few feathers in your time. and. Yeah, well, sometimes I pet birds backwards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's <laughs> it's the talk of the town, the squawk of the town, <laughs> the bird town, the flock of the town. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you moved to LA. You have friends with you. Do it alone. Uh, I went with one friend. Tell us about your first LA gig. <sighs> I don't remember. Like first book gig, I don't. How about your first memorable gig? 
Tell us about a gig. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there was this girl that called me a genius and then later uh, ignored me, I think, through politics. Uh, so that was interesting, but it's not a gig per se. My uh, most memorable, interesting gig was at the Steve Allen Theater because I got to perform along the side and, and control the show with Neil Hamburger and this guy Brendan Small who makes Metalocalypse and this guy Rick Shapiro who in my opinion is a genius. Mm -hmm. um, and I got paid that night and it was really fun. It was really yeah. awesome. And the Steve Allen Theater is this great theater started by Carl Sagan and Isaac Asimov mm -hmm. um, because the city for of inquiry is above it, which is the group that tries tries to take God out of the Pledge of Allegiance and out of the dollar bill. Ah, so that was all pretty cool. Yeah, got to do a show that Paul, that guy had said earlier, directed about anarchy, and it was like uh, thirty people performing at the same time. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> it was like uh, I was protesting conspiracy. I was doing nine eleven conspiracy, like just conspiracies in general, and someone was protesting me, and there were army <laughs> people dressed as army men shooting things for the audience, and there were Christian youth groups going by, and wow. all this was going on, and there were entertainment people go happening at the same time, uh -huh. entertainment people coming and interviewing people, and two news stations were blasting above it, <laughs> and the pers the one person on stage that was talking was talking about like how six companies control the world, but you couldn't hear them because of all the distractions around you. Wow. It's pretty fun. How long did that go on for? Uh, like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. That's pretty fun. Did it get, was it in the paper the next day? Did it get reviewed? No. No? No reviews? Not that I know of, at least. Any personal testimonies? Anyone come up to you afterwards? And uh, People found it bewildering. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Were there laughs? Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was, actually. Yeah, I'll bet. Because it was up to every individual person to try to produce laughs throughout the... Uh, right, right. So whatever you could do. 30 comedians trying to get laughs. Sounds like L.A. to me. But it was like a meaningful metaphor still. No, yeah, no. I mean, that's what, yeah. Well, okay, so do you're you in L.A. Any, do you have any hostages living in any of your cavities? In my cavities? Yeah. Just any hostages. Like my teeth cavities? Yeah. Yeah. How many hostages live in there? Uh, like 12. Why do you keep them there? Because uh, I have some demands. <laughs> All right. That's kind of cruel, but keep asking me whatever you want to ask That's me. cruel? You're going you're gonna to lecture me on cruel? Yeah, I am. Yeah? Yeah. How many hostages are you keeping in your butt? I have no hostages because I'm hostage free. Yeah, I know. We we all know. Okay. You, th you think I've we don't watch CNN? I've, I've snuck a few immigrants through, but that doesn't count because that's nice to do. And did they ever get out? Most of them. Most of them. I mean, some of them kind of stuck. Was one of them El Chapo? I don't know. That's what I the news is saying. Names. I don't know their names. You're on the front page. Uh-oh. <laughs> So, anything else you want to know? Uh, I understand people hate you. Some so people, yeah. Yeah, why do you feel that is? Uh, nudity, slurs, rape jokes, uh, drunkenness. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes cancer. 9-11 jokes used to get people mad they don't anymore. Yeah. 
it's funny like that people there's like a trend it's like this is unacceptable and this right. isn't and they always make excuses and it has this uh, cult kind of mentality on what's acceptable and what's not mm-hmm. like um 9-11 wasn't and rape wasn't and then they both became acceptable then rape didn't get acceptable mm. uh, i think anything and everything can be funny because they're all subjects of matters of life um but uh can I ask one thing you? That one thing that I think is extremely hypocritical, mm-hmm. and I know these are bad words, and I said one of them earlier, but I'm going to say it is that there's a point where like a bunch of comedians uh, all the time, this is like for years, said faggot openly, just faggot all the time as a punchline, faggot, mm-hmm. and uh, would say the N word instead of nigger. Mm-hmm. And I w- asked a comedian, why do you think it's okay to say faggot but not nigger? And he said, he said, because I want to do what the audience, I want to say the words the audience can uh, deal with, <laughs> mm. which I think is uh, kind of a hypocritical uh, form of insensitivity because mm. gays have been through a lot too. So it should be, at right. some point, it should be either everybody or nobody. Right. And you right. can't pick and choose. Mm hmm. Like, it's either I don't talk about any of that shit and I just do, like, Mitch Hedberg or surrealism or whatever. Mm. Or if I'm going to start doing the political stuff and, like, start talking about people, it's, I can't, you can't hold bars at that point, in my right. opinion. Right. Because it is excluding and it's clicky and it's not nice, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, if I was yeah. gay and I saw all that, I would be like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then it then it happened where that bit word became unacceptable and it's called the other F word now and whatever. I don't yeah, know. Right. But it always moves in this click like mentality, mm-hmm. these things. Right. It's never uh, an individual thought. It's always things that are taught to you. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like trends of offensiveness, who do you feel is driving that the most? Who are the taste makers? I think, I don't know. I think it's not even comedians. I think right now, like, college campuses might be the driving force of politically correctness. Mm. And for some reason, there are examples, like, there's this guy, Anthony Jeselnik, who Mm -hmm. is over-the-top offensive all the time. Right. And I I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's good either. Mm. And I think everybody has the right to say what they want to say. Sure. But um, for some reason, he's not chastised for doing extremely over the top stuff right <laughs> like 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 he got a bunch of cancer <laughs> patients in front of him and did uh-huh. cancer material only uh-huh. and he uh he does do rape jokes towards rape victims i don't know how he gets so i how that's acceptable for right. him specifically mm-hmm. i don't know how he built that audience yeah how do you think um i don't know yeah Everyone develops and finds their own thing a specific way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's a weed fest in here, everybody. Yeah. Can I have a head of weed? C- yeah, go for it, man. I have weed to get high. <laughs> can't um, can can't I complain with that Mary Jane. <laughs> go moronic without that chronic. Keep going, keep going. Uh, what else do they call weed? <laughs> Ganja. Can't go... Uh, Conja's hard to rhyme with. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't go wrong. Can't with go wrong with that ganja. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why you're interviewing me anyway, but. No, you've got some interesting stories. Can, I, can, can we list some high, high profile 
uh, comedy elite who yeah. have specifically uh, not been amused by your by your pointing out of societal hypocrisies. <laughs> I'll tell you, my my mother's very uncomfortable with uh -huh. me because I fuck women older than her, and I don't think she likes that. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah, what about Doug Stanhope? I, I, th I did actually hang out with him, and I think he thought I was boring or contrived or something. We, <laughs> we okay. have his book. No, he's awesome. He's great. Please buy it. Uh, Please you buy, could buy it. it. <laughs> buy this it. whole thing is actually a build-up for <laughs> Buy it directly Stug from Mercast. <laughs> Free Jared from Subway. <laughs> Stop being a pedophobe. <laughs> It's one owns right to want to fuck a kid. Who can you say you are? Oh, just because mm -hmm. I get erect over a six-year-old and you don't? Yeah. That's wrong? Mm -mm. Come on. E eat fresh. <laughs> Come into my basement. <laughs> but when you have them in your basement and you're like, hey, let's have a nice scream Sunday, you'll scream till it's Sunday. It's like, pff, who made that wrong? Yeah. Who made it wrong? That's a great point. Um, yeah, we just want to let everyone know who's watching at home that uh, just in viewing this, you have donated to the Free Jared Fund. So yeah, free we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to list we your like names those sandwiches? on our website. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are the, do they have a kid-sized sub there? Yeah. How big is it? It's like a bun, I think. Mm, perfect size. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what pedophiles make a perfect size kid sub. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We just wanted to let you know that uh, the highest donators to the Jared Fund, uh, we decided, will be offered a uh, ten-year-old boy. Plus, to, you can to it accompany them to Subway. Then you can fund my. Uh, my film company, mm -hmm. you know, we we film this type of stuff Jared <laughs> likes a little younger. What's the name? What's the name of that company again? It's called uh, pedofilms.org. That's right. That's and right. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like, mean, like anyone forgot, but like the best ones, I think the ones where we get the most compliments is yeah. the ones where they're like really crying and bleeding and all that. Yeah, it's like. You know, we've gotten a lot of cross traffic though from pedafilms.com. A lot oh, of animal PETA rights. And PETA. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know. There's they a come problem over there. and it's like we care about animals. Yeah, we care about kids a lot. Come yeah. on. <laughs> who how you know I, who <laughs> what's more important, animals or the children? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I said. That's what Jared said. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's still saying in prison. Dude, like animals definitely hump me sometimes and mm -hmm. you know that kids have those urges too you know it that's mm -hmm. in them it's human nature yeah look at the ancient roman people or the ancient chinese history or the ancient greek it's like you know those kids want it who are we to play god who are we to say hey those kids can't have it when i got it <laughs> so how's the weather in la You know, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 sweaty. That was Can you <laughs> confirm that it's sweaty? Yeah, it is. It's sweaty. It's ripe. Kay. It's nice. It's, it's ripe. 
it's all over. I like mm. the beaches. I like the parks. Uh-huh. You know, it just feels nice and youthful and great. H- uh, have you been in any movies we've seen? Nope. I was in a really, really shitty VH1 show for two episodes that was oh. uh, planted as reality TV when it was actually scripted, and it's awful. What's the name yeah. of this? It's called Walk of Shuttle of Shame. <laughs> <laughs> I and what's it about? Uh, they pretend that you're picking you up, uh, uh, picking you up in a shuttle, and you're talking about things you never talked about, which is kind of true because it's a lot of improv. But they go over the story, like in your last audition. I never auditioned for things. They saw me at the comedy store, yeah. and then blah 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 blah, and then I had that odd, stupid audition. And then I went in, and we're supposed to b- talk about a certain amount of things, mm-hmm. and then uh, then they called me and they said. I got paid $100 for half an hour filming, which is pretty amazing if you consider finances. It's also not good for TV at all. But mm-hmm. um, then I went back in. They they called me and they said, oh, we're, we're going to fire that person that was your supposed driver host and uh, refilm you talking with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how much pre-planned it all is. Wow. And then um, I got filmed by somebody else, but I got to get paid more, so that was nice. Oh. And but then they just made me look like a dumb hippie who doesn't have a job. Yeah, how much you get paid? Appropriate uh, question. I went in. T- I went in twice. It was a hundred dollars for half an hour both times. So I got hundred dollars for half an hour. an hour. Where do you do your banking? Where do you do your banking? Uh, Where's the buck? Where's the buck? Not on Earth. Where's the buck? The Doug Stanhope book. Where is it? Luke, you know it's extremely <laughs> rare that I get money, though. Hey, if you're going to the bank, take out $30 for Digging Up Mother, a love story by Doug Stanhope, presented by Mercast. <laughs> oh, can I also tell the listeners of Mercast, there's some great companies that you should like, c- kind of help out. Like yeah. Little, little, you know, just help the guy out. <laughs> well, no, like, um, there's this place I've been donating to. I want you to donate it to. It's called Monsanto. Mm. And it's, they help, they feed a lot of people. They grow corn. They're kind of good. Love them. There's this other place I think we should all give money to called Viacom. What's it called? Viacom. Oh, Viacom, it's yeah. It's like, it provides us the entertainment we watch. You oh, know, nice. like good entertainment, not like this. So if you can just get out your checkbooks and write a check to Viacom just to help them out, mm-hmm. I'd appreciate that. This is presented by Viacom, right? No, it's by Doug Stanhope's Mercast. Oh, that's podcast. right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, because Joe right here is having his Percast going on. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, is it time for the Percast? Can we interview C- Caesar? Am I done? Am I done? Uh, do you want to be done? I don't care. It, it, it's I up to you. You no, can leave the stage. You can stay on the you, stage. You asked me, so it's up to you. You're the upper decider. Or All right. Well, let's uh, let's cap it with uh, one question then. Okay. Um, uh, we should do a Q&A with the audience. Uh, you guys can't see here, but we have an audience to the left here. A very small one. Uh, any, any questions for it, Trenton? I also would have got more laughs, but we had to redo the same shit because uh, one of the audio guys was being, you know, like a high noise cracker who yeah. has cassette tapes and set it up wrong yeah oh we got a question yes you wait give her the microphone oh yeah here here why don't you come on come on no. come here come on come here sweetheart no. okay um babes are still called chicks heart sweetheart trenton yeah what do you miss most about chicago Ooh, good question. what do i miss most about chicago yeah 
Uh, only my friends. Uh-huh. That's about it. The city itself. If if I could put you on a plane, all of you on a plane, come to L.A. Bomb it. I don't care. So, bomb it. I mean, if it, you're gonna bomb any m- country in the Middle East, and they said we can blow up this much square footage, I'll be like, oh, yeah, get my friends on a plane, Midwest. Pilsen, or just actually Chicago, whatever. Midwest. Yeah, get all my friends from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Midwest. Midwest. Midwest West friends. Give me a buck. All right, well, that's all the time we have for this evening. Uh, once for the final time, uh, Doug Stanhope, Digging Up Mother, a love story. It's fantastic. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Anyone do want to do, like, a, a metal band? Does anyone want to do a metal band? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, play metal stuff. Like, yeah, I want to die! I think Caesar does. Hold on, hold on. All right. Thanks for Caesar for doing that for us. Okay, well, we're wrapping this up. Um, Yeah, please. Do you have a question? Or, oh. Thanks, Trenton. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Joe. Cut. Oh, I forgot my mouse. Do you want to say goodbye to the people? Yeah, in, a, in a sea of microphones. Thanks, YouTubers. Thanks for tuning in <laughs> to the first Merkcast Live. Oh, who do you want to thank, Trenton? Here, take the mic. I also, if he's going to thank YouTube, our main theme, <laughs> what we're promoting is I want to thank YouthTube, which is <laughs> where my organizations go to watch movies. <laughs> That's pedofilms.org, <laughs> mosstapes.com, <laughs> and uh, Doug Stanhope Podcast. Footlong if you donate. Free Jared! Free Jared.